So summer is gone, leaving no epitaph. It's still warm in the sun, only that's not enough. All that true could have come like a five-fingered fluff folded into my palm, only that's not enough. No evil was slighted in the good aftermath, world was festively lighted, only that's not enough. Life forever was tucking, caring, making me laugh. I was really lucky, only that's not enough. No leaves ever seared, no limbs broken rough, day like glass washed all clear. Only that's not enough. The production of Andrei Tarkovsky's fifth narrative film was cut short after the footage for part one of the film, shot on an experimental Kodak, failed to develop. An entire year of work was lost. Tarkovsky, discouraged and disheartened, took a year off production and considered ending his film career. When Moss Film agreed to fund the second half of the film, Tarkovsky, wounds still fresh, reworked the script and returned to the production. In this new version of the script, the character of the stalker had developed from a hustler, a man of the earth, into a holy fool. A holy fool whose vocation is to guide those who are lost in despair through the twistings and turnings of the mysterious zone, to guide those in the hopes of bringing these lost souls happiness through the fulfillment of their deepest desire. A holy fool who thinks himself the only man left who truly believes, and wants nothing more but to bring others to this sacred gift. Today, the cinematographological gang embarks on a journey, with Tarkovsky as our guide, as we discuss one of the Russian auteur's very own sacred gifts, Stalker. That's our song. Thank you, Stephen. Welcome to the Cinematographologically Speaking podcast. Big shout out to John for that wonderful intro. Big applause. Yeah. Thank you, John. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks, John. Um, yeah, thanks, John. So we're skipping names because you know the crew by now, all our loyal listeners. Well, but we've got. We're missing Jacob. He's lurking in the shadows here, somewhere in the underworld, listening in, but he didn't watch the film because he's a naughty dog, so he's not joining us today. But we do have a special guest, Tony. Hey, thanks for inviting me, guys. I hate watching movies, but I thought I'd watch one for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) It happens to be Stalker. (laughs) Excellent news. We're so pleased to have Tony, Tony joining us. Tony... (laughs) <laughs> heard heard there's some kind of uh you watched it under some kind of funny circumstance yeah honestly i i'm not that much better than elsmore uh i'm not that much <laughs> i'm not that much better than uh spark notes in high school yeah you have like broken earbuds <laughs> I don't... Were you want were you watching it like watched it uh 480p <laughs> um i started running at a time so i had to put it on 1.5 speed oh <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh my I almost gosh. got fired at work today. It's not a good day, but thanks for inviting me. Oh <laughs> yeah. no, that... we have been excluded for all. No, that's all right. At least, at least he came forward early. Yeah, 
You're not uh you're not lurking and lying. Thanks. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he's an honest man. I did just watch like, it though. Just really fast. You are you are the fool. You're honest fool. You're just like the stalker, Tony. Thank you. I am become yeah. stalker. Yeah. <laughs> Destroy your world. Yeah, there's a Destroy your zones. <laughs> there's all a stalker right. in all of us. Thank you. But all right. <laughs> all right. So we'll do uh, we'll do brief thoughts and then uh and then we'll get into it. Uh so so I'll start. Uh, so this is like my fifth or sixth viewing. Really, really like it. Uh, you know, I think I pick up on things each time. It's definitely like a super interesting film. And uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it. it. It never seems to like, you know, hit me deep in the bones or anything. But it always seems super good, super right. And this time I had a lot more thoughts about sort of like the idea of desire and things like this and just getting lots of like piano teacher uh like similarities uh if, if that's an appropriate uh comparison but that's me um uh this is the first time i watched the film and i liked it quite a lot um i've seen three tarkovsky films now and <laughs> that was the uh and yeah i think this is this is my favorite thus far uh this is my first viewing uh pretty good i loved the uh landscape what a great place to film a movie mm. yeah it just felt so awesome and immersive uh just in terms of the world that we're entering and it's so fitting given that the whole point of the film is this analogy between the world or like the zone a place and what is desired so that's awesome. That's just uh, something that comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah, I I love this movie. Um, always in a state of, like, anticipation or something. Uh, I love the transitions, all those tracking shots. Love it a lot. So, also my first viewing. First Tarkovsky as well. Whoa. Um, so... You know, I, I'm uh I really liked it. I'm trying to be more generous in my film watching experience. Um, and I thought there's a lot of a lot of interesting parts to it that I like felt were really like true. And then some parts I was like, hmm, I don't know if that's I don't know if I'd agree with that, but we'll get into it. Uh, well, this is my first time watching Stalker. Uh, I gotta say, this is the worst Tarkovsky's film I watched. But it's also the only Tarkovsky's film I've ever watched, so I guess <laughs> it's the best, too. Uh, I felt uh, more like an experience than a movie. Uh, people say that he's the knockoff Kubrick, but uh, I don't know, I think it might be the other, other way around. I really like this film. Oh, Bay's take. Uh, yeah, the phrase is like the West made 2001 and the East made Solaris. Um, mm. uh, yeah, Steve, just as John mentioned, there's a lot of production issues in his intro, the, the film stock and all that stuff. Um, yeah, so it's shot at this like chemical waste plant and I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about decay and, and this whole world of like this almost apocalyptic setting and, um, but a bunch of people on the on the production crew and stuff died uh, from illnesses yeah. related to shooting this film at that location, and 
like uh, well, that's gnarly. Yeah, a bunch of them died of like the same thing. Uh, Tarkovsky is thought to have died as a result of filming there. Uh, the 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 main actor, all that stuff. So, um, oh, I forget. I thought I thought I so oh yeah based. Oh yeah, just because we keep everyone's talking about best, where's Tarkovsky? This is obviously not his best because he made Sacrifice, <laughs> which is not just his best, but the best. Just throwing it out there. Okay. Okay. The best movie. Yeah, it's the best movie. Okay. Thanks for letting us know. What do what yeah. am I wasting my time with this one? Yeah, for? yeah, I'm just keying you in on some hot tips. <laughs> um, all right, so, uh, you know, the viewers, our loyal viewers, keep writing to us saying that uh, they're annoyed that it takes us so long to get really into the thick of things. So, so hope hopefully, I've I've got some nuclear nuclear weapons grade, uh, commentary that's gonna get us in there faster. I'm really thankful. Yeah, for that. yeah. Um. <laughs> no, no, now, now it kind of comes off as cringe, but um, I feel like a something, some, some, some fruitful, a fruitful topic would be like to put it first, most generally, you know, who is the stalker? Uh, in particular, with reference to right, we have the stalker, the scientist, and or or the stalker, the professor, and the writer. Where the the professor is uh the scientist really, and um. They sort of fill these archetypal roles and 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 represent some type of attitude in like a very like Dostoevskyan embodiment or something. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we have, we'll have a lot of interesting things to say about those roles because I think in a lot of ways they are not what you would imagine. Like uh, in many ways, the writer resembles a modern scientist, and the scientist resembles a writer, and things like this. But who who is the stalker? Is he? As as John sort of alludes to in his intro, is he the artist? Is he is he you know he he, he refers himself as a louse, but yeah, I I have a I have a suspicion that the stalker is the artist, or okay. or or the stalker as um as 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 the teacher like he was taught by a stalker. He's the right. teacher. He's the artist. He is the prophet. If you want to make it more uh theological um yeah so that's what i was hoping we could start with uh yeah i mean i'm definitely on board with that i definitely got like real shamanistic vibes from the stalker um and then i found it interesting how he was like the teacher but Obviously, there was an, someone who was an actual professor in the group. Um, of course, they like through their through their own sort of like intellect that they managed to be unable to completely grasp the faith required in order to like partake in this endeavor um when i was watching it i was definitely getting like uh kierkegaard vibes you know like abraham vibes um classic but i'm just i'm just like you know just trying to pull from what i know and i know like three things so that's it yeah me and steven were talking earlier and steven mentioned that um steven and i uh while like the writer you'd expect the writer to be kind of the embodiment of like 
Tarkovsky's conception of himself or something as like the artist or something like that, but that um the stalker appears to be more so like his uh self insert. Um uh which I mean self insert might be a little too crude, but but uh generally speaking, um I think that's correct. Mm-hmm. It definitely becomes more pronounced in the end, I think. Like Definitely. When the, the stalker is revealed to be mega based reader and Yeah, like, dude, the uh, reveal totally, of that like library yeah, or the whatever, big like library. that wall. Ooh, I'm Tarkovsky, I'm so smart. And just uh <laughs> and just like rips into like the whole milieu of intellect in, intelligentsia or something. Yeah. Yeah. Steven, what do you got? Huh? Hit us with it. <laughs> Give us the juice. <laughs> This movie sucked, dude. Look, dude, what about it could I not have just gotten out of Brothers Karamazov? Tell me. Uh, those land, the landscape. True. Yeah, the land, the landscape. Well, first off, no <laughs> one read that <laughs> book, so... Maybe, maybe that's why... Oh, you're talking to a, a couple readers of that book. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say right now. Okay. John kind of already said what I thought for me. No offense to John, I appreciate that. Oh, all, 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 all accolades to John. Okay, well, maybe, do, was anyone else surprised? Yeah, I mean, I think it was surprising that the writer didn't come off as like too much of an artist, really. But, but also, right, we're introduced to the writer when he's talking to that woman, and he's basically, uh, sort of engaging in this like demystification of the world and how it's all, exactly. it's all triangles, yeah. it's all right. There is no mystery left, mm-hmm. and um, and it's just right this sort of you know you know soy soy jack i love science type yeah i attitude. fucking love science yeah. yeah attitude yeah and then the scientist is sort of this superstitious you know he 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 like in terms of doubt the scientist never really expresses any whereas the writer is the one who is constantly like well is this even real this is a bunch of baloney you guys are just superstitious yeah ridiculous. and um I don't know. It was it was strange because like that sort of would lead me to believe that the uh, scientist would be able to, um, like enact more faith in the process. But clearly, he uh, struggled with that as well. Um, but I think it is worth noting that the fact that the person who isn't the scientist is like fulfilling like the I fucking love science archetype. Um, and this is like a bit of a stolen idea, but like those types of people tend to like be more about like debunking while like the scientist tends to be more about like discovering and trying to like act and like build upon something greater. So in some sense, like the scientist, the true scientist is somebody who is act enacting towards an ideal and is... um acting more I don't know, like you could say like religiously or something like that while the person who isn't even a scientist but will is still in this ethos of like intellect what's the word intellectualia intellect oh, intelligentsia 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 is the person who uh I don't know is is much more like atheistic and mm-hmm. Despite despite not even like even properly being part of the field, 
mm-hmm. um, sort of like LARPing as a smart person. Yeah, like they watch Neil deGrasse Tyson or something. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah if you look at like, you know, the the heads of the scientific world or whatever, especially like, you know, phys- like Schrodinger and uh, Einstein and all these people, what, like mid, mid, like at the start of 19th century prior, like all these, all these guys are talking about how like they're in the search of God and you know, Einstein's talking about, like, Einstein got all mad about some quantum theory because he's like, God doesn't roll dice. And they they all see themselves as, like, trying to, like, investigate the mystery of life. Right. now it's sort of, like, a a lot more about, like, demystification and debunking. Right. I think um, I totally agree with all this, that it's present in the film uh, and the distinction between the two characters, um, types of scientists or something like that. Um. But in my and in my mind, we're given a justification or some sort of like expositional relationship when uh, the professor is on the phone and he receives the phone call, mm-hmm. and there's this uh, moment of extreme like human um, vulnerability and like like fragility or something like that because mm-hmm. it's something like you slept with my wife or whatever. Yeah, uh, you see that underneath whatever like like there's an explanation for why he is not adopting this very. Uh, Mm. like cringe just you know debunk idea or something like that uh it's because he has this ultimate like um i don't know like earth-shattering experience that likely compels him to do uh whatever it is he's going to do and that is in this case you know pursue you know what he truly desires or blow it up whatever you know um there's some sort of like connection between trauma and like transcendence or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, like my understanding of the scientist is that he never intends to go into the room, but rather he only went to destroy it. And then like they have that whole thing about, yeah, like what you're saying, um, his true motivations, like sort of, like he has this sort of like, uh, like top down explanation of why he wants to destroy it. And it's sort of like revealed, I guess, prior in that phone call that like, he's perhaps motivated by like these academic rivalries with his um peers and stuff like this uh and like uh yeah his wife yeah and like ultimately yeah ultimately like really human issues and like kind of Mm -hmm. petty but not necessarily petty petty but more like very relatably petty uh something like that yeah i think i mean petty relative to the grand scheme of things yeah Kind of going off of what you guys are saying, I, I, there's like a foreshadowing moment right when they enter the zone and we, we transition to color where the stalker is like bathing in the grass. He's laying down and the other two are sort of, uh, I don't really know what the right word would be, but like kind of joking or like hypothesizing about what it is they're going to find. Mm-hmm. I just noticed there was like a big, I, I think this kind of goes with what you guys were saying. It's like a juxtaposition between. Like they like they weren't like mystified by like the landscape. Yeah. And things like that. Like they're continuing to like intellectualize. Yeah. And um, yeah, like not give themselves up to like the beauty of, I don't know, like existence or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, they, they. Yeah, at the end he says you have to believe unknown. in it. You have to believe in in the uh, in the in what the room can do. Also, um, with that, like the stalker, 
like they're they're both there the professor and the writer they're both there like for the room right so like they haven't like quote unquote like arrived yet and so they don't see where they are as anything special whereas like the stalker like his whole purpose is to guide them to the room or whatever but then but the zone is like the zone itself is like uh i don't know he's got like he's got like a more holistic view of the the place that they are or something in that he has already like arrived at um what matters for and him. then right this scene of him right, in so, the grass is crazy and there's like a little like, worm on his finger and oh so like, yeah so good like like the argument could be made that like the room isn't exactly what it should be like appropriately desired and rather it's like the journey or something like that because like the 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 friends you make along the way like the um the uh the writer was like oh you know who have you ever like even been to the room like ha- like why did porcupine kill himself if the room was so you know epic it's like you know there's like 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 the person the, the biggest advocate for this place like doesn't even go there they've never even been there so like what's the deal <laughs> well i mean it definitely is like a you know it's the climb type of thing you know yeah yeah anyway yeah it's definitely like journey as arriving but um it's not so clear to me exactly what you mean about uh what you're saying about the room but instead of clarifying i want to come back Mm -hmm. to this this conversation about when they arrive right so like obviously we have this huge shift from sepia to color uh like what like do you, you know, sound like Steven has something to say, but like, right. um, yeah, like what's this, like, what's this all about? Cause, um, obviously they're arriving in the zone, but I love, yeah, I think Steven was sort of mentioning, maybe you have, you have more you want to say, but this idea of like the zone is this place. Um, I don't know the distinction between the zone and the surrounding modern world, as well as like something I hadn't noticed before, but I caught this time is like when it's when it's doing one of those sepia pans. I think there's only two, but there's like a it's a, it's when they have fallen asleep and they're taking their mm-hmm. break and it's it's panning over the water and we see various artifacts. You know, mm-hmm. I think it goes like anyway. The first thing you see is uh, fish in uh, the only living things you see in the zone are fish and the dog and of course the main characters. Um, and plants. <laughs> <laughs> the only, uh, sorry. The only, like, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, but you see these. Anyway, there are these fish in this. Um, kind of like imagine like a, I don't know like a like a big, uh, like a big bowl or something. But it's sitting in the water and it's filled with water. So there are fish in this glass mm. container, but they mm-hmm. can't get out of it. But they're still in this body of water. Does this make sense? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I thought there's like there's something about this, like some implication of like uh, the zone as being no different than that surrounding it, and mm-hmm. um, and I don't know. I'm just not sure on this what this whole sepia to color shift is, other than like the zone is this place of like story, because it seems like nothing. I don't know if I'm like 
if this is a super obvious point or something no one is thinking about, but like, like is the room even legit, right? Like, in the end, when they're when they're at the threshold, like Brody was just saying, they realize that the all the myth, all the mythos and the legend of the zone and people who have been there and this whole thing, all this information originates with the stalker. Like, there's no yeah. collaborating information, right? And um. And, 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 and so really, is it just this, you know, elaborate story made by the stalker so as to garner belief and mystery and hope and things like this? Like, is there really any danger or any mystery? Like, does anything <clears throat> spooky even happen? Right, right, right. Well, what what I'm sure is so alluring is the fact that the military exists to protect it. And if we think of the military not as like an actual embodied military, you know, not, not it's not like the military it is. They are, in some sense, like a metaphorical blockade towards uh, this fantastical thing. So there is something alluring whenever you just put it's it's exactly like uh, with a child. You know, you say you can't do this or you put a lock on the door. Now mm -hmm. the kid wants to get into the door. Um, and so it is the very nature of obstructing something that creates this fantastical desire for those that wish to get in. And then once one is inside, you know, whatever, uh, yeah, we, they get in. But then the, the ironic thing is that once they get into the zone, uh, well, it doesn't stop there. I mean, now there's this elusive room as well. So somehow the desire is able to maintain its elusivity, <laughs> elusiveness. <laughs> it's, it's able to maintain its elusiveness uh, even after you break, you know, you unlock the door that mom told you not to go into. Um, so there's something interesting about desire in that sense. Yeah, I mean, and it goes even deeper. I mean, just a quick point, like, we don't know what, like, given that all information originates with the stalker, like, there's no actual indication that they're, what they're guarding is even this building, right? Or this room or this right. whatever, right? It could be all sorts yeah. of things. Right. Um. But yeah, and then desire, so not only a desire within the zone, but it's it's localized to this room. And then when you get to the room, right, the desire is not in the spoken word, right? But it's in your innermost thoughts. Like, the, the desire, like, <laughs> lies deep within the psyche. And this is mm -hmm. where they're like truly afraid to go. Like, well, that again, I think it's debatable if the like the scientist I don't even think has interest in going inside. He just wanted to blow it up. Changes his mind when he realizes because like they're having this conversation about the elusiveness of desire, right? And how like Porcupine went in hoping to bring his brother back, but really just got money. And like yeah. and and the and I think this gave the the scientist pause because he's like, true. Why do I even want to blow this up? Like, do I even understand my motivation? But but yeah, like this, this, these concentric rings of desire being further and further hidden away until the point where you're afraid of, like, you know, it, it's so deep within yourself that you, you, you are afraid or something. Uh, yeah, there's also, it's kind of interesting. So, you know, you, we, we watched the writer, who's the first person who's who takes the leap to go break away from the pack and approaches the room and then is told to go turn around. You know, it made him stop. Something made him stop. The room made him yeah. stop. Well, that is the spooky so, thing. Right, right, of course. But what's interesting is that it's not the professor. You would think perhaps the professor would, since the professor just wants to blow it up. But no, the professor sees uh, the uh, you know the writer come back or whatever. Uh, and not only that, the professor, barring the time he goes back for his rucksack, you know, he goes back for his backpack or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, he plays along to the uh, myth. He in order he it's so funny that he wants to blow something up that it, it's as if he believes it has the most power possible. So he is the true the greatest believer in it, 
that he would even um, want because not only does he want to blow it up he will go through the mythological steps to approach the thing and get mm-hmm. inside um because he desires so badly to destroy it which means he believes in it so much mm-hmm. it's uh pretty interesting in that sense i don't know but yeah that is interesting yeah he he's the most sold right and he he plays along the whole time other than to get his rucksack which is his true mission right the like 20 kiloton bomb i wish i knew a big right how big is perfect or whatever but um but but stalker says he's not a believer right like does he so he believes in it but he doesn't like have faith in it or something right Right, yeah like he like he believes in its validity but not its like uh its utility or something yeah like like he like he believes it does something but maybe like nothing good or something like that yeah like he sees uh, it as a sort of democles type of thing right Damocles yeah. or whatever where like sure this this like great powerful thing could exist and i believe that it exists uh but the question is whether or not we would even want to live under that type of thing right um so it's like potentially which is very grand inquisitor e you know uh mm-hmm. yeah as far as like yeah, breaking yeah, apart yeah. but yeah that is true i hadn't thought about that um and this is all against like the backdrop of like Right, the USSR, Soviet, like, uh, like uh, D, hmm? just sort of this, this like dominant anti-religious view, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, if if he's meant to be, you know, some scientist, then yeah, that is a very Grand Inquisitor thing. It's like a very power thing, right? Yeah. Where it's not, it's yeah, not it's like, like they, yeah, they're like, look, we and you're placing yourself above the transcendent, yeah, as well, and like, and like. And that, you know, what it is that you could supplement it with, science, philosophy, whatever, you know, is is better than this. And um, I don't know. That's a, that's, a, that's a tough question. John, I see you leaning in. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was going to say the... Um, Mouth breathing. I, I, kept, I kept having the, the thought while... Uh, while watching it that like the space they're in it's like uh they're it's it's as if like god had come and like taken total control of like all his power or whatever so like you don't even have the option but to believe or something like that because you'll be destroyed um like the the kind of um um the kind of belief or like faith that the the stalker is participating in and and wanting these guys to participate in is like a level of belief of like kind of a um like a christian if they really believed in uh how they would act if they really believed god was in like total control of what was going on and because of that um it makes it so any kind of uh um attempt to kind of control reality in any way and by this i mean things like lying like become meaningless and you have you have the poem where he uh where the stalker is praying that's another thing is that the professor and this and the uh, writer they're talking constantly and kind of bickering about the nature of things and uh several times when they're doing this what the stalker is doing is praying Mm -hmm. um and he's not participating but yeah he has the he has the line where he says um May they believe, may they laugh at their own passions, for what they call passion is not really the energy of the soul, but merely friction between the soul and the outside world. Um, and I think that that's kind of like, 
the idea is that like uh where the stalker is like taking them or whatever like in the zone it's like um they're uh they're like passions or like trying i don't know everything about the zone is like on some kind of higher plane or something like that and things become like less meaningful and like what takes what takes priority is like the mission or whatever that they're on um which is shown as uh brody alluded to earlier in this kind of abrahamic moment when the stalker uh lies to the writer and gives him two matched sticks of the same length um in, when they're drawing lots to go right. through the meat grinder and um it's in the uh but yeah it's like the it's like the as kierkegaard would say the uh teleological suspension of morality like he's lying in <laughs> because god uh because quote unquote god or whatever like the zone uh, requires it, it. Yeah. right um go ahead just two things one um i think the the like call it the religion of the zone all right like the the instructions and the sort of like um mostly spoken some unspoken like etiquette of how to how to navigate the zone uh is like pretty interesting um like given that the right like the the object the, the the mission is to arrive at the room so as to fulfill desires right and like there's all this um like s- symmetry between like getting to the room and achieving happiness and um and like it's iterated it, it's said multiple times that like there's no direct path and they have to like adhere to this very stringent path as like demarcated by the the bolts and and cloth right mm-hmm. but the path of the bolt and cloth is different every time and needs to be roundabout yeah. and go through well, these like various like traps and things so, like this like it's so uh weird uh but something about like that and 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 and, and the same thing about like arriving at like an understanding of one's own desire and then secondly i think uh there's probably a, a classic what have we what movie I feel like we've talked about this pretty re oh sort Marinette. of like an huh? Marinette. Uh no, not Marinettes. I'm thinking of Dogville, but just um sort of a classic <laughs> thing where it, the fact that I don't know about you guys, but like this scene, super intense where, Please do not where spoil, he's by the way. I won't. Okay. Um but where where he's approaching the building directly, right? Like really right. really intense scene. And when they go through the meat grinder, right? Really intense scene, at least in my estimation. And this, this, right, this is the audience believing, right? This is the audience having faith, um, not just in the film, but like in the, uh, the story the stalker is telling, as opposed to one of more, uh, demystifying stories. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah. I was, I was gonna, at first I was going to lead into something, but now, now at this point I'm transitioning. Uh So if anybody has something to like wrap up on that idea. Well, I think it's, I mean, when I was watching, I was getting super childhood vibes uh, when you would be outside playing something with the friends, you know, and you'd like, you'd all role play that there's some uh, ambiguous monster or like threat, for instance, playing soldier. And you'd be like, there's mines around. We have to be careful, you know, and 
and you're like yeah exactly you're like sneaking and crawling around uh you know sofas and things like that with like sticks and think pretending they're guns and you know you throw this uh metal thing and you think oh is it gonna set off a mine you know and they're both like oh no it's okay to go and then you and so and i'm sure that that's uh a common feeling i would hope or i would think uh because i mean the whole point is to give yourself up to some sense of naivety uh like childlike uh naivety when it comes to religion and faith and things like that mm-hmm. and that's not a bad thing. yeah and and that, and that was like a direct line um Wait, yeah. uh, it's before, classic for holy fool but yeah before brody makes his grand transition um grand <laughs> uh yeah i agree with steve i just want to quick check well before the quick check yeah there's like a there's like an analogy between the viewer of the film and like believing in it and and like granting it some kind of reality uh and the people um the 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 professor and the writer like granting stalker like his story as well but am i the only one who was like afraid of um like am i the only one who thought that the stuff was real like pretty much every viewing i've become even i mean i obviously less so the more times i see it but like nervous and like that sense of doom and like something might happen like especially like the meat grinder or when he's approaching the house yeah like, am i when the only one who's like actually no, thinks something might happen to them I no totally terrified. totally uh particularly when there's like a there's a moment what we're just laughing at tony nothing oh i didn't hear uh, I'm laughing the, at, uh... at tony being terrified at 1.5 <laughs> <laughs> <Dude, laughs> that's even worse at two times <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah there's a there's a moment when they get past the meat grinder and they have to go in that water yeah like Ugh. that that it's so that, gross no that yeah. made me so anxious like yeah. i was so nervous so yeah. disgusting yeah i don't know it's I probably didn't, why they died I, years like, I didn't later know what was gonna happen yeah yeah that is why i that... i no. i was just gonna say i i knew uh the back like i knew of the dangers that the actors faced and the crew faced mm-hmm. i didn't mm-hmm. know the specifics but i knew before going into the movie and oh my god it made every time they're walking through water or he just like even if he just walks like puts his foot in some nasty looking water i'm thinking oh god like there's a clearly like some sort of radiation or something going on yeah it's just like toxic waste so this is pre-chernobyl on his on the first time when he when the writer breaks away from the group i actually wasn't that afraid i was actually kind of angry about at the stalker i was kind of on their side (laughs) at the very beginning i was like dude this guy's like not explaining himself like he's being kind of an asshole like yeah bro no faith dude like well yeah (laughs) no faith yeah trust the plan dog dude trust the and then and then but then it was it was after all those time after that like when whenever they'd be like venturing off i'd be scared because then at that point when it was revealed to me in some way that there is something going on um that uh then i became scared and then all right should i so my um oh sorry do you have something to say steven i just wanted to say it would have been way scarier if he was approaching the room the writer you know he's approaching the room and instead of just like turning around saying oh the room made me go back if you just heard a really loud lion roar (laughs) (laughs) well if everybody opens the door there's a big monster (laughs) <laughs> um okay sorry. <laughs> so like there's this sense of uh like idealism um that is like being like ran through like the movie uh 
like so he says like all the traps uh is like like every time somebody like goes to the zone like all the traps and all like the whole thing begins to like change and it only begins to change like once somebody's people are actually there and like it becomes uh i don't want to say reflection but it's the best way that's the best term i have right now is like reflection of like their own selves and then towards the end of the film um when the writer is like sitting on that like well thing Mm. uh at the threshold and he's complaining about how his writing he gets um devoured transformed and then he then becomes like a reflection of the people who are like reading him and he says he gets devoured um and not rather than like and like he's not trying to change people's minds like people are changing him in the same sense like the island is changing dependent on like who's going there but it's sort of like to to me unless that is like a oversight of an like inconsistency but if we were to give like the film absolute faith it would be that like there is something like it does sort of undermine the zone a little bit and the process that they're going through um as it's only a reflection of like their own psyche and like what it is that they make of it rather than and which is why like you know probably when he's like going to the building like what he hears is something in their own heads like it's nothing that they see it's something that they could like feel or touch like it's uh it comes it comes internally um so and I I think that also like plays a role in like I think it, I think it also is undermining when they are uh the fact that like the stalker has also like never seen the room like never been to the room and things like that um yeah that's what that said I definitely agree with the zone as like this microcosm of the mind or maybe not microcosm um what just symbol symbolic of the mind yeah um but i think it's probably more too but i agree with that and i like the writers his monologue is really good on the well's edge when he's yeah when he's talking about that and how he like loses himself in this like dialogue with the reader and himself Mm -hmm. um but i also took like uh the traps are different every time yeah, the place just rearranging itself and like the locus and like the path to desire is always changing uh something like this. Because because we don't really see any sort of real threat other than what is like could potentially be perceived or uh like internally Imagine. generated yeah and i'm it's, a believer baby i've got faith and it's in the threat. you know uh that's the real the room said stop don't go further that was not imagined i'm a man of faith all right um just i just had a thought with this whole like idea of the world being um some externalization of their own psyche it, it, it's it's some kind of uh like ties into the idea of like self-actualization 
and like the whole idea of like self-actualization is to like create uh to 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 actualize oneself like in the world or whatever you know like to mm -hmm. uh what wait hold on can you define self-actualization again oh wait sorry why am i using the same words it was actualize oneself my bad okay but no but the the point the point being is so to like externalize Maslow, right? it's to like externalize <laughs> <laughs> I, thought was, I thought he was debunked dude <laughs> Sorry, so the point being is to like uh like externalize like uh one's i mean i don't know it's like it's like the the zone or whatever is some kind of like immediate self-actualization like where everything where your your psyche becomes the world like there is no there is no longer friction between your your soul and the outer world as like mm. the stalker says because it, it is all your mind or whatever um, I don't know. That's this just a thought I had. No, yeah, I think no, I'm, I, I'm definitely, I, yeah. I'm definitely for that. Yeah, I'm definitely for that. No, hundred percent. I mean, that's the whole, the whole fear that why they don't go into the room is they don't, right? The the innermost desires of their soul will become realized in the in the real in the world, uh, right? In ways they don't understand. Yeah. All right, who would go into the room? Okay, wait, wait. wait. So I got, so I, I got a serious room. answer to that though. Uh, okay. As a viewer of this movie, uh, Tarkovsky really made me feel like I was the only one in the room, uh, and made me feel like I was in the experience the whole time, as if I was following the stalker. And at the end, um, when there was like that, like I don't know, that rain in that room going in the puddle, that big old. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. They're all sitting down. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, felt like I was in the room or something. Uh, it had me thinking. Uh, oh, maybe... like you've like you crossed the threshold. Yeah, I feel like uh, us. Uh, I me see. As a and, viewer... then you're, and then you're looking. You're you're looking at them yep. who were like. Yep. Okay, I see what you mean. You know, maybe there's a stalker in all of us, right? <laughs> yeah. Actually, actually, so true, right? The camera, <laughs> the camera moves into the room. We have to come back to the rain, but the camera moves into the room, and there's a shift from color to sepia, then back to color, as it yeah as it crosses like maybe just the threshold or something. Well, Tony Tony wouldn't know that. Uh, I wouldn't huh? know that, dude. Uh, he's huh? colorblind. Oh, wait, is Tony colorblind? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what sepia yeah. is, bro. He's green. He's green colorblind. <laughs> he's green colorblind. Yeah, the, whole movie, like, the movie the movie's like brown still. <laughs> the movie looks stinky, dude. I don't know. <laughs> Um, wait, do we think the rain, is there a ceiling in that room? There, there can't be because there's rain. <laughs> so science would dictate. Right? Well, cause, okay. So the spookiest things would be the rain, the stop, you know, don't move or whatever. And the, um, when they like circle back upon the scientist and they're like, how'd you get ahead of us? Right, but they might have just gone in a circle. I don't know. Yeah, okay, so we go into the room, and the thing we want most in life, secretly, is to watch this movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that we want most in life is to observe people who are outside of it? I don't know. No, no, no. the thing we want most is more of that scene 
where we see the rider with his head on the professor's chest. Yeah. Where they're yeah, laying, where they're so laying down together. We want yeah. more of that. I wish I could exist in that forever. After their nap, when they come together. Yeah, so cute. Aww, we love it. Yeah, so if we were to... So if the stalker is the artist, and then like through art is we are taking this journey towards the transcendent, um, and then there's some line in there that says like the point. It was the the writer, and there were he's laying in the grass like trying to sleep or something, mm-hmm. and he says that like the point of life is to like make art. Yeah. There was some shit like that. Yeah, he says art. He says, uh... It's the most unselfish thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And then that then that being the stalker. I was, and I remember thinking to that, like... No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, bro. I think art's pretty selfish. No. I don't know. I'm trying to pull uh, up this. Uh, I was in. I don't know that script. It just seems. It just seems really. Every every art every artist likes to think of would like to think that, wouldn't they? You know. Yeah, they're the great gift to mankind. Yeah, that they're they're the great gift. They're they're doing the you know the greatest thing ever, and uh, like like there's definitely like truth to that. Uh, when he when he when he. Like when he when he pauses that as like life's like goal, I was just only thing I could think of is like all the people in life like who aren't really like the creative types, which are like most people. And then like so like what is what is their life then? Like is their like uh purpose is to like provide um should be to serve the artist yeah to serve the artist (laughs) (laughs) and like in like some like roundabout way like yeah like they're like a farmer or something so like they create like food you know for the fucking (laughs) artists to just eat and create more art so they can do like the real work i don't know sounds kind of like a based world to me (laughs) yeah yeah i'm down says the artist yeah tarkovsky is king (laughs) yeah what does the writer even say? The writer, like it seems, he says, like you know, uh, if my books aren't being read in a hundred years, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. Uh, this might not be. I'm not really responding to anything, but uh, I thought when I, at the time, I thought like, what a weird way to think about it. Like, why a hundred years or something? Well, unless he's just trying to say a general point of like, yeah. I, I, yeah, know, I think it's it more not. general. Well, I think pass, pass no, I'm not saying time. like the specificity of 100 years. I mean, yeah. Just, Why like, did he choose 100? Like, well, I mean, <laughs> that isn't that. that isn't that that ex- that thing you're touching on, Troy? Well, so does does 100 get mentioned like twice? Because later on, he gets told that he'll now he'll live to be 100 uh, yeah, years 100. old. Yeah, uh, and, and then then he even asks, he's like, "Why, why just 100? Why not forever?" Yeah, or something right. like that. So there is some sort of like maybe self awareness okay, to that. He gets it. He gets it the arbitrary number but of course the metaphor is there regardless you know mm-hmm. sorry for underestimating the characters it's okay you get a pass maybe you should watch it again <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe try 1.5 times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turn yeah. colorblind on. <laughs> 480p. <laughs> on a phone. On a phone. What else we got? Are we going to spend the next hour talking about the black dog and what it all means? Uh, well, I was, I was wondering if anybody had any ideas about the f- beginning and ending scene, how they both had the moving glasses. Uh, yeah. I just, I just, I just noticed. I don't, I don't really know what to make of it. Um, I remember this, the ending. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, she's a telepath. Yeah. Uh, she's like a guy. Thanks, idiot. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. I get it now. Yeah, she, she was moving the cups. They weren't. Just oh, she was moving the train. I like the train though. In the beginning, when it it kind of rumbles by and it's super agitating, and you can hear on the train, whatever that like uproarious classical it's like uh, la marseille or something like this uh wait is it like the same super... one that plays at the end yeah yeah it's like this that's, super is ode to joy i believe Beethoven's no okay i think it's something else okay because that's at the end yeah they play okay. a different song at the beginning ode oh, okay. to yeah whatever but they play this sort of like patriotic or like uh anyway it just uh really sets the tone of like this type of outer world um that is like past its heyday and uh, like in decay. Yeah, I don't know. I just want to say again, just how gross all the stuff is. Like when they take a nap and they're like laying in it, and it's like all yeah. real and stuff. Um, I don't know. It's so freaking gross. Oh yeah, that um that shot, like that shot's real. The the one where it's just, I think it's when they're dreaming and it's of the water with all that like foam on top. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they're playing in. You know, it's so gross. Uh, that shot that you're talking about, are you talking about the one that's got, like, the the dust devil or whatever? Yeah, there's, like, dust devils yeah. on this stuff I, on top of the water. Yeah, that shot is so crazy, because, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't really, I don't really yeah. know, like, what to, like, make of it symbolically, but so, something about it, it, like, looks like land, but then it's, like, clearly water, and, mm-hmm. but it's, like, enough land to have, like, dust devils and stuff. Yeah, it, um, it's, yeah straight up looked like you know a fucking hallucination scene like yeah, out of a was, modern movie where you yeah, see some so sort of like crazy. whoa you know wave light wave effect but obviously yeah. it's way dope because you know that's not what's going on yeah it's crazy it's real a big brain would say that it looks a lot like the planet in solaris but uh cringe you know how it is because even john have you seen that right yeah so based yeah, I mean, I guess doesn't it, it though? Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess. It's got this I, I weird mean, liquid land, whatever. Yeah, I guess so. But I don't know. I my my first thought for like symbolically, it's just like, it's like uh, kind of like the illusion of it being like concrete or whatever as land, but like it's really like always mm-hmm. changing or something like that. Yeah, um, I like that. It makes that makes complete sense given what the zone is and how it's uh, always changing. Yeah, this is sort of mirrored by um, the dunes in the building. Yeah, you know where the dunes. Yeah. yeah, dunes obviously couldn't have formed in there, and it's sort of even highlighted by the camera that, like, when he steps on it, right? There's like a different color of sand on top, right? Uh, you know I don't recall. About? I do not. So I'll, I'll pull it yeah, up while I talk in, about it. In his, but in his footsteps, they're like yeah. In the footsteps in the sand, white. uncovers a different tone of sand beneath the top layer. 
but of course but of course dunes right are this like ever-changing dynamic thing right like you can't look at it you know yeah so okay yeah so like in this case it's like what would normally be seen as like an impermanent like landscape or whatever is shown to be like more permanent yeah it's like strange yeah Yeah. i can't yeah there's like yeah yeah yeah. there's like a weird um uh yeah compare yeah 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 the 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 permanent impermanent there's some philosopher who i wish i knew more about things in general but there's i can't remember but his famous like uh analogy is that of a sand dune so as to represent like uh something but in this case (laughs) like but in this case like great desire or or something like this right it has like the illusion of permanence, but it's ineffable and undiscoverable and constantly changing and evolving and things like this. Yeah, I thought uh I really thought the mounds were mounds out of molehills uh analogies. Uh anyways, no, <laughs> no, I I also uh I also thought that they were for sure just tons of bodies underneath the sand i mean that one's less of a joke but still a joke i mean i didn't for sure think that but i did definitely initially see some sort of like like a crypt somehow they all seem to take on such a uniform shape that to me immediately struck me as like body sized each one Mm -hmm. human sized dunes um i have a question so you know how there's this whole thing about how the writer like can't have a gun like get rid of the gun and like yeah. there seems to be some kind of thing about like the zone like destroying anything that's like uh like a weapon or something like that mm-hmm. uh like with the tanks and all this uh why does the zone allow like uh doesn't allow that like some kind of weapon of violence against other people but allows like the poison or whatever some kind of like means of oh you mean the bomb uh no the uh i mean unless the professor was alluding to the bomb he says that he has poison in his rucksack yeah, I think he. I think just he was case. just lying. I thought oh. he was just lying. Like he, yeah, he was saying he had like cyanide. Yeah. Or but cyanide either either way, either way, control. either way, you have this whole thing of like the uh-huh. stalker kind of being the the mouthpiece of like the zone and like what's allowed and what's not allowed, and he's like cool with him having something to kill himself. He's like, oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. that's fine. So I don't know. I mean, either way, I I don't know why. It's interesting that that's like allowed and the gun is not. Yeah, I'm yeah. not really sure. He says, uh, he says, with the gun, don't you? Who are you gonna shoot in there? I don't think he meant, um, the writer was gonna shoot himself, but more so he was gonna shoot something in there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He's like, what are you even gonna shoot at? Like the zone? Yeah. Like implying like the threat is of a much more mysterious kind. Whereas the the poison was meant to be used on himself, sort of yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah if anything the gun would represent like a total misunderstanding or us under underestimation of the It'd be like a lack of faith. Yeah, like you don't a lack believe, of, like yeah. Yeah. You don't like realize, you don't believe in the yeah, in yeah, the yeah. in the guy. Um, and the stalker, like, you don't believe in, like, what could lay on the other side, like, you're, like, when you're, if you're going to be, like, aiming and walking towards the transcendent, like, you can't be defensive. Um, oh, so it's like, like you have to actually, like, open yourself up and, like, be shoot. accepting. Yeah, aggression so, against and, the and, zone. And have, and have absolute, have absolute faith 
in what you're like going towards. But yeah, and but also I'm and like um thinking you could shoot at the zone or something is like some total misunderstanding of what is happening. Mm-hmm. Like like it, it shows like a lack of faith there as well. Like you don't if you think you a gun is going to help you, like you don't get it. So, do you think the stalker is even right to say that, or is he just wrong? Because uh, there's so he makes so the stalker makes the claim that uh, it would be bad for the person actually that it would be bad for the writer to be caught with the gun. I believe at some point he evokes like that the zone will like reject him or something. Yeah, he's like you're gonna kill us all. You're gonna get us right. killed. Right, right. Uh, that's interesting because if that were true, I mean the bomb would surely. Like if the zone has awareness, you know the zone would clearly be aware that a bomb is in the guy's, the professor's backpack. That seems like it's just as misguided. Yeah. So I don't. Uh, I mean, in a sense, I actually would disagree. I don't. I don't think that it is. I think it's actually very different than the, what the gun is meant to symbolize. But if if we're to take the stalker's words as true, uh, it would be like essentially the same thing. Uh, I think this, in this case, like, you know, the stalker reveals himself to be kind of wrong. Like, again, like, just kind of like a fool. Yeah. You're kind of just going about this child's rules, you know, that he's dictating as opposed to the zone itself. The zone did tell the writer to turn back. Why Why wouldn't the zone have, like, and this is, obviously, I'm not trying to be uh, uh, pedantic or whatever. No, uh, or materialize the movie. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's there's something about it, like, about how the character, yeah. Yeah, it's true. It definitely is a point towards it all just being make believe storyline. Um, yeah, w- which makes uh the writer or like the stalker like saying like you must be like such a great man or whatever because he like disobeyed and like went forwards and the zone didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes that statement even more interesting because yeah. it becomes more so about like the stalker's faith in other people. Yeah. And, or, and like it doesn't zone. like it doesn't yeah, it doesn't the erode the stalker's belief in the right. zone. It erodes. Right. It, it it only reaffirms it. Right. Right. Yeah. He would rather he would rather like completely wipe away his previous conceptions of the man of the writer or whatever. And instead, you know, yeah, like in order to solve whatever you know the cognitive dissonance or whatever, instead he's going to uh, say that he must have been a great man. You're right. Uh, worthy of the zone, as opposed to the opposite, which would be that the zone is false and that the guy, yeah. I agree. Um, if I can take us back to the telephone, did anybody else laugh when when they when he answers the phone and says, "This is not the clinic," and then he like puts it down and they all just <laughs> yeah. kind of like look at the phone and just go yeah, like, "What the weird. hell?" It is funny. Like, I I read somewhere that in theaters when this is shown, most of the theater laughs at that moment. <laughs> That's funny. It is a did pretty. I, I laughed moment. when he put on the crown of thorns and he said, <laughs> I don't, what did he say? I don't forgive you. I don't forgive yeah. you. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I, I, I rolled my eyes I didn't a know if that was some um, reference to uh, Jesus, my friend. Whatever that dryer movie is. <laughs> Who? Oh. Uh, uh, dude, I don't know why I'm forgetting the name. The dryer, Jesus. Passion of Joan of Arc. I didn't know if <laughs> I didn't know if it was a reference to that. What well, does she wear thorns in that? I think so. Oh, I think. Well, I mean, thorn. Jesus wears. Thorn. Yeah, but Jesus, <laughs> my friend. I think John knows that. <laughs> well, I know. Well, I'm just saying. Well, well, I don't know. Well, I'm just saying. Well, well, I would suspect it's it's primarily a reference to Christ than another movie that references Christ. 
I was just clarifying. I don't know. I thought John was like some Satanist. No, you probably are right. Um, well, it's certainly aware of Joan of Arc. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, the way, yeah, I would guess the, if it's an illusion, what would make it an illusion to Joan of Arc as opposed to uh, Jesus Christ itself would be uh, like just the way it's shot, right? The way it looks mm-hmm. uh, and the thing said. If I mean, if it's literally, if all those things like align such that they're identical to the film and not like the, the biblical story, then I would lean towards the Joan of Arc. I do want to ask, uh, or like to check, is this is this actor not the writer, the uh, stalker? He was he was in a bunch of drier movies. No, is that correct or no? Wait, sorry, the stalker or the writer? The stalker. Uh, I don't think yeah. so. I can look it up right now. Has he been in some other very famous film, like yeah, another like classic, classic like art art kino? Oh, really? Wait, oh wait, no. The writer is the writer is in a lot of or, or there's not many Tarkovsky films, but he's in. He is the protagonist in Andre Rublev. It looks like the guy as who, well as in Solaris, who plays Stalkers, just in a bunch of other Russian movies. Mm. All right. So, <sighs> so what's it why all do about? you why why do you think the Stalker just doesn't go to the to the room? Doesn't he say he's like it's not for me? Yeah, he, says, he says he's he got says job, everything he... everything he could possibly like want like the thing that makes that brings him happiness is taking other people to the room which is more so like what, what that actually is is something more like what brings him happiness is the hope that someone can be happy by him bringing them to the room right yeah and, i mean yeah and kind of this whole like as by proxy like garnering faith in others like if we see it as just storytelling right like his whole mission is to bring someone to the room like if anything this is a huge success right like he brought these like if his mission is to have more people believe right like what is a more clear uh action of belief than not going in the room because you're afraid Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think, I mean, he says, you know, it's not for me. He's got his job, and he, like, remains steadfast. I like when he cries. As a comment, is every sound in this movie dubbed, right? Uh, yeah, it seems like it. So. Well, all the, all the, all the, all the, yeah, like, every sound, right, is after the fact. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's also the sacrifices, no? Uh, is that... I don't know about the sacrifice. I think, for the, the most part, it is. For the the vocals are for sure. Oh yeah. But I'm saying like literally every single thing you hear, is not coming from anything on screen. The zona doesn't well, allow I think that's reasonable. microphones. <laughs> <laughs> You'll doom us all. Right. <laughs> uh, is it true that they shot this movie like three times or something, Goofy? Yeah, yeah, John, you've got John as he mentioned his in his intro. Uh John, what do you know about that? Yeah, so they shot on some like experimental uh stock of film and uh they shot the first half of it and then um they went to go develop it and for uh some reason it like didn't work and ruined all of the film. There was that a bunch of like color. 
there's a bunch of uh, <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of like explain. there's a bunch of like finger pointing and all this about like whose fault it was and if it was on purpose and blah 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 but yeah then they then they came back in Moz film the the people funding the film they only gave them enough money to shoot the second part even though they had to shoot they had to reshoot the first part and so uh Tarkovsky rewrote a bunch of the script and then they reshot the whole first half as well as the second half on half the budget that they needed hmm. or had originally planned for. Last Soviet film. Last so, great Soviet film. What's the I don't I don't feel satisfied with you people's explanation of the ending scene. I need ending scene explained here. What do you mean? Just, you just watch on YouTube. Stalker ending explained. <laughs> I read yeah, Reddit, I wanna, dude. I want to hear what? ending explained from you. Okay, I think it's quite clearly, this is nothing new, Brody. Nothing new. Okay, you haven't <laughs> seen Sacrifice, and you haven't seen all the other good movies. Yeah, I've never seen a good movie before. But it's, so it's I need the, you to explain. All this trick in the scroll... You make the viewer believe, is it real, is it not real? And of course, the answer to that question has a bunch of implications. And then in the end, you confirm the mystery as mysterious. I see it but as just like... The my, like why is like the mystery like in the daughter? Like, oh, I don't doesn't, know. That seem, doesn't that seem <laughs> like meaningful? She's like a child. She's like a... She's like a Right, the the wife's talking about all these stalkers. They're, you know the children they have. They're all mutants. I mean, this is an X Men prequel, and you have yeah. I think she's like a she's a product of the zone in some sense, and uh, she has powers, well, and it just confirms that the zone is legit. Yeah, and she's shown in she's shown in color yeah. after we've gone back to see yeah. the tone, which is important because oh, right. it's some kind of like. Like the she is some kind of embodiment of the zone, or like she's some kind of piece of the zone outside of it. And I don't know if this answers your question, Brody, but um, possibly it could relate to his the stalker's speech at the beginning about how children are are soft or what do you say, soft and pliable? Or oh, something? yeah, right. The poem. So I don't know exactly how it relates but i think it relates at least i don't know a little bit yeah i'm on on board i'm on board with that yeah i I feel i feel decent about that one and the the zone is like a symbol of of hope in the eyes of the stalker and children as the symbol of hope in the future yada yada yes yes also you have this whole this whole poem that uh I mean, I think it's implied that she reads it before you hear her, like, speak it as she's, right before she moves the glasses. Right. Um, Which is some kind of, the poem seems to be some kind of, like, affirmation of uh, not knowing the answer or whatever, or, like, not going into the room and, like, leaving it to be uh, desire. Right, yeah. This is... Okay. Just to come back to a little bit, this is a sort of classic biblical thing that occurs in films where oh, I can't mention them because I know the ones I want to mention or whatever haven't been seen uh, by a majority of you lemmings. But 
this I like okay just Tarkovsky like sort of explicitly plays God here in reference to like the three temptations you know here's another Brothers Karamazov well I mean a biblical reference that the Brothers Karamazov talks about but like <laughs> um right this question of faith right and the devil is with Christ and they're on top of some temple and I forget which temptation it is but he's like you know hey jump off this building and just fly you know or something like this you know and everyone mm-hmm. will see you fly and believe in you and he's like oh i can't do that then it's not faith right it needs to be faith i can't just prove i exist but then tarkovsky right if this whole time you're wondering is the zone legit is zone not legit right and there's all this question of faith right and the stalker is faced with like the same issue of like trying to persuade um these men to have faith in something that he cannot prove to them anyway and then tarkovsky just proves it so right say, at right? the end yeah like i don't i don't like like uh, it like separates like it's it's an unchrist-like thing to do right <laughs> you know um it seems strange like i don't know if it's just calling attention to itself as a film or if it's um or something like this like like he he confirms that he forces you into a state of faith uh but only because you have a legitimate faith in the film i don't get i don't get why because this happens in not just tarkovsky well, films and, here, but other films. here's one thing is that it, it's kind of um it's like a test because it's confirmation inside the film that the what's going on inside the film like the zone or whatever is real but you're still watching like a film like i think it is what you said like calling attention to itself as a film because you're presented with something that you can either go oh wow okay the cool like movie trickery or whatever but like didn't change my mind like in quote unquote the real world you know but like so 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 i think i think it's kind of like um yeah i mean i i think that that moment is like kind of very it's like a very meta moment where the film kind of uh becomes um real if you like you allow it to be if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah it's like i think it's kind of common to subvert yourself at the end of something to make every it, to recontextualize everything that came beforehand to be more profound or personal it's uh you know comedians do that but also tons of you know tons of works of fiction do that where at the end you just immediately say or we even do that too where we say um uh you know but i'm just uh but i'm just an idiot you know right. it's whatever and uh there's something self-aware i think in doing that it achieves a similar effect yeah I mean, all right i'm down i'll buy it i'll buy it thanks yeah, thanks I mean, thanks for also... the thanks for the ending explained also... can i get uh can i get needles explained now what was up with that? What explain? Needles. Uh, needles a bunch. There's a bunch of syringes, hypodermic. Oh, he's a junkie, yeah. bro. It's all fake. He's a skit. Yeah, they're right. all, yeah, yeah. Drugs, drugs. They just a Pfizer. It was just a psychedelic trip. Vaccines. They watched this bomb just <laughs> trip in the forest, dude. That's why they went. All right. <laughs> yeah, Pfizer. Bill Gates predicted. Pfizer. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Probably something just like a little little commentary. Little social commentary. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> yeah, this 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 movie was about something.
This movie was talking <laughs> no, I mean, about something. I mean, it's a, I mean, it may be as obvious as to what it means as asking the guy to pour out the beer or the alcohol. I mean, like it, it's yeah. both. Both are just cases where you want to, you know, just to draw a contrast between one of the obvious ways people choose out uh, from like the question or something like that. Uh, and so, I mean, a syringe and drugs is obviously a way in which people uh, cope with some sort of like desire or like want of desire. So they just pursue this obvious like shitty thing okay i mean it's not it like was a by crazy the, deep or anything yeah i mean it was by the wife's bedside table mm-hmm. and then it was also like scattered around the zone mm-hmm. yeah it's under the water we see like we see yeah. the fish in the tank and then uh, we see, an, we see a bunch icon. of beakers in the water too oh icon know, like, of christ we see we see some cogs a gun, then a spring, and then some bigger items I can't identify. One, a, a dildo. One, one, <laughs> one thing Steven, I, that's not I, in the movie. <laughs> uh, why is everybody bald? Like about, uh, you charlatan. <laughs> you say, why is everyone bald? Yeah. Uh, why is everybody uh, bald? <laughs> good question, Brody. Good question. God damn it. What were you saying, John? Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, um, one one thing I like about that shot or whatever, uh, is that he is um he's not like it's not like he is different than any of the other objects or whatever. You know, like he's part of the the sequence. Mm. Um, which going back to talking about the the inchworm on his finger. There's also another shot where he's got some bug like crawling around on his head. Yeah. And I like that all this imagery of him being like totally integrated with the zone and just like mm-hmm. like the tanks and the buildings uh mm-hmm. kind of being uh I don't know, he's like fully submitted to it and it's like literally like growing on him or whatever. Yeah. I loved the line about you remember what happened with the tanks? The tank. You remember the tanks. Yeah, remember the tanks. It's just I. I love just the the way that the stalker um takes on like this super childlike, uh, super convincing yeah. childlike way of just retroactively explaining things. You know, black swan yeah. things as evidence for like new phenomena. So <laughs> so funny. It's so awesome. He uh, is funny, and he weeps. But I totally I totally agreed with the point. Like a little, Sorry, like a little oh, bitch. No, <laughs> Also, the uh, back to the the moving cup shot and some kind of like confirmation of the reality of the of the zone. Um, I I also think that the the showing of like the bookshelves or whatever is also some kind of confirmation. Um, not just in the same way that like oh yeah, this guy isn't just an idiot. Like he's also super based or whatever and is also being childlike you know stock a um, wicked smart he's wicked smart <laughs> um yeah and i don't know i i was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is the is the opening scene um just i don't know the 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 whole the whole sequence as like the camera like pushes in through those doors and stuff there's so many little things that are so like perfectly timed and perfectly like framed throughout that whole thing that mm. just kind of blew my mind at how 
just how perfect it was just how like technically kind of like impossible that must have been uh i agree to like achieve or whatever yeah Um, the composition throughout is crazy good like uh tons of like sort of modern composition or whatever mm -hmm. oh yeah also just like a small thing uh like technically speaking it is crazy there's like a there's four or five shots or something like that where this happens where the uh where they like nail the focus on on him or whatever in a way that seems like i don't know extremely difficult um one is when they're like sneaking through trying to get into the zone or whatever and they like come across like this wall or whatever and then when it gets to him the broken glass yeah 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 and then and then suddenly he's like perfectly in focus it's like i don't know that that is so difficult to do um yeah maybe for you (laughs) (laughs) wait i actually don't get why that's difficult to do don't you just you just know where he's gonna stand he hits his mark and you mark the focus and you pull it well not so much for this one but also the the focus is pretty shallow as well so that is true is pretty shallow as well and him just moving in and out of focus like just standing there like not being aware of like moving at all but more impressive is the opening scene when he puts on his pants and then he walks into the the front of the frame i I don't i don't know just like it's not so much testament to how difficult it is to focus but how like perfect and obviously like meticulous the blocking is in Mm -hmm. each scene yeah, I like all the scenes outside of the zone are also very theatrically staged. Yeah, with respect I was, to where I was, the camera is and stuff. And then when they get yeah. closer to the zone, it becomes a little more of like in a, a sort of emotional, like you're there perspective. Yeah, it's a little more like organic feeling or something. But yeah, yeah this this whole this whole opening sequence is um, yeah, it's super super staged. Um, but I don't know, it doesn't make it any less real. Um. Mm-hmm. And, and like i like how the 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 building they're in like the ceiling is like absurdly high like it looks like a like a dollhouse yeah, or something well this marks sorry but, sorry go on no that that's all i don't know yeah and it marks a distinction like we have this incredibly theatrical um setup with deep focus and then this transition to the shallow focus as he enters the room marks a transition like it's a it's an obvious transition away from a theatrical setup and towards like bringing attention to the nature of like the camera does that make sense uh i think so like things up to this are pretty theatrically set up mm-hmm. and then when it shifts to shallow focus and it's on him it's sign- much like that's not theatrical and then you go back to theatrical when he's in the kitchen uh-huh, right uh, this okay, is yeah, i mean this I is just a huge stage and it stays like that until it comes in close and they have this dialogue. I'm just saying there's like a clear like awareness of what looks theatrical and what doesn't. Yeah. And sort of um transitioning gradually away from the theatrical towards the zone. Also, well, yeah, also in the zone, if we're going to talk about like moments when you become like aware of the camera or whatever, you have the moment where he sends the... um. I believe the professor to go first or whatever, when they very first start. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of, uh, assume this like supposedly POV shot is what it feels like and what it seems like. Uh, cause it lines up with where the professor is or whatever. Um, 
and then suddenly you're like moving through this car and he couldn't have been going through the car and then suddenly he appears in the shot oh yeah 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 where there's a dead body with a machine gun yeah 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 and suddenly suddenly the person who you thought you were like yeah uh, yeah yeah seeing through his eyes or whatever like he becomes uh yeah Looking not a it. part of it or whatever and and it suddenly makes you aware of some kind of I mean, suddenly, like, we, the camera becomes, like, an omniscient presence mm-hmm. uh, after mm-hmm. that, which I think sets up the, uh, I mean, after that, I, I was much more, uh, like, scared about the kind of realness or, like, the, the danger or whatever of, like, where they were or something is, like, something, like, constantly, like, lurking or just being there. I love how yeah, they look the Sorry, what are you saying, John? I love how right here when they they look back at the camera. Yeah, and they see the dead body. So awesome. Yeah, the omniscience of the camera definitely provides a sort of omniscience to the spookiness of the zone. Like when you're watching them sort of just sit in the grass and Um, you're like God watching them. Yeah, you're like an observer. Them looking at the camera is actually critical because... It shows that whatever you have just like realized is some kind of omniscient thing looking at them, it they can't see it either. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, then or like yeah. You, sorry. No, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, the camera also holds like when he approaches it in a direct line, and he stares into the room, or uh-huh. into the house, and then the camera switches perspective to that of the room watching him. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, so like nerve wracking. Um, yeah. Then also the 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 last time that comes to mind of like being made aware of the camera is when the wife directly addresses the audience. Yeah. Um, which I think is interesting because at that point we're kind of like, uh, fully into, um, the like confirmation that what we're watching is that like the zone is real that the stalker is legit or like we haven't gotten to the zone is real yet because the daughter's after it but but the sequence is some kind of like the zone is real the stalker is legit and also you're watching a film um which yeah i mean just to serve the the kind of point of um the self-awareness or whatever of the the confirmation of the the zone I think I think this goes along with that. CP is such a weird choice, or not weird, but like I don't know. It fits so well. This kind of like rusted, golden, post-apocalyptic vibe of like decay. Or, I don't know. Like, why not black and white? You know? Yeah. If, because it's not meant. It's not just about color. Like the sepia. I mean, it is essentially black and white, but I don't know. I, like I mean, the, it, de- I like it definitely vibe. makes it feel like more shit. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like more archaic or something. It's just big rust. Yeah, big rust. Big rust uh, promoted this film. 360 <laughs> Narsco. Yeah. <laughs> 1v1 me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Classic. <laughs> 1v1 me in the Zona. Yeah, I like the part when that... Monkey uh, picked up the shotgun and... Just kidding. 
What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, monkey the daughter. Like, uh, like it's like Return of Monkey or <laughs> no, something. Monkey, yeah, 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 the yeah. daughter, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, I thought I had something. Oh, I was just going to tell an anecdote of the first time. First time I started to watch, or second time I started to watch, or second time I saw this, it was with Jal and some other boys, and it was way too powerful for the crowd. We, we had to turn it off. It was after a long day of uh, just a long adventure. We come home, and Troy puts on Stalker. People were not down. I hated it. How, it how just, far in? We How got. Did you stop? I think. I think. No, we finished. I don't exactly. Did we finish? Yeah, it? we finished. Whoa. I thought people left though. They might have, but I remember we ordered food like halfway through. Oh and yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a nightmare. That was probably the most. Yeah. It was, yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know, fill the time. Anyone know any Filled good jokes? <laughs> Anyone know any drinks? We're not. We're not. What do we? What do we, what do we gotta fill the time for? We got we're under obligation. Are we? Man, yeah, Dollar Shave Club pays for two hours. Oh, um, for two hours. Well, could I could I say the? Uh, oh man, what was I gonna say? I had something to say, and then you said Dollar Shave Club in my mind. <laughs> Sorry. Me undies. Sorry. Yeah, Mac Weldon. You think about it. I want. I just want to bring up the scene. <laughs> <laughs> the, the first transition scene where where they're on the trolley car oh it's so uh-huh. epic yeah and the music starts playing and and like it's becomes like a rhythmic i i don't know i just loved this scene oh where it like echoes on weird yeah 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 right here yeah yeah love this part i love the sequence yeah sequence if you get so shot good. don't make any noise you'll just get us all killed yeah, yeah like they're, they're going to war. Just, you. dude, just imagine. I love imagining being a kid saying that. That's exactly yeah. the type of thing I would say if I was like playing soldier with three other kids. Yeah, life is all about playing soldier. Is what what if the guards away. are actually the good guys? <laughs> yeah. All these junkies keep going into the woods, like yeah, <laughs> the junkies. They, they go into the, the woods guard? to do drugs. <laughs> That's why there's all the needles. They're all just doing shrooms. It's like yeah, it's yeah. just a tripping out, yeah, dying out there. They gotta keep resting them. Yeah. Getting tired of it, wasting resources on these junkies. Yeah, <laughs> they get there and there's just a huge steel door, and they open it to get crack house, and <laughs> it just happens that all the that's truest the, desires, that's, that's all the, your that's desires, with this one needle. So true. Base. Yeah, I love this. The first color shot is so good. Like where the trolley and slash camera comes to a halt on this shot, and then it pans over to another like crazy portrait landscape. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely it like crazy beautiful movie, like with like really classic composition. It seems a lot, a lot of uh, really like, good looking you know, movie. The, the the scene with like the dog and like the the ones with like the sand dunes, all like really aesthetically aesthetically pleasing. And when you have it on yeah, Blu-ray, me... it's so awesome. Do you have it on Blu-ray? Hell yeah, dude! You gotta mail it to me. Let me uh. Can't say that on the air, you know. But let me all get a, get a, get a copy of that. You could buy one online, so you can. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. You never could mind. I'll buy probably... one online. Toys <laughs> like end... what? No way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably end up owning this at some point, anyways. So never mind. 
His teeth were gross here. I never noticed Dude, his how teeth gross were gross the whole movie. There were times where I forgot, and then there were times where it really movie. was I didn't. I didn't notice until we're, really here. Yeah, we're talking about the writer's teeth for the yeah, viewers. Yeah, the writer's teeth. <laughs> just shave it, bro. Just shave it. We'll say his teeth are only gross in this movie. He, it's not like he doesn't actually have gross teeth. Just in case it was, uh, you sure about that? Yeah, in case it was sliding, Anybody just in case it was up in the air. Was, like, right. Bro, you just needs to buzz his head or shave it, dude. <laughs> yeah, no more, no more balding. No more, no more middle ground. I'll tell you what, uh, I got a prediction. Okay. One day we'll watch Andre Rublev and Brody will give <clears> it a five. Oh my god. You think so? Now I've made it so he can't because he won't. Yeah, now, yeah, you, you just blew it. <laughs> now I've backed into a corner. Blew but... it. Just don't watch it, dude. No four point nine it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm yeah, four point nine five. I don't even have to see it. That's the score. Limit is X approaches five. It. Um. It's a one. All right, what do we got left? Is that it? I mean, I, I I'll throw out one more thing. I don't know if this will stick, but is there anything that was like unlikable? About the movie, oh, we'll give it a go. Good idea. No, no. <laughs> so that means it's a five. That's what that. That's what that well, must mean. What, about, what, what about don't we? What don't movie? we like about the movie? I, or I, what, I think it's audio cut out. Like... What did you say, Brody? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's good. I don't know. I want to remain critical and at the same time, like I'm just like allergic to sounding like or feeling like I'm placing myself above the film. Well, does that make sense? Like, yeah. I'm always just nervous about um, like critiquing something far above me. I mean, going, yeah. going. But I, I idolize films. So going along with that, um, the uh, his little monologue as he's laying down in bed and talking about everyone who doesn't believe. I like felt horrible at that point in the movie, feeling as though like he's talking about me, you know, and like I don't know, oh. I the, I. The, it makes me hesitant to be critical of anything that I feel is like above my head. Um, Mine is that it's a bit, uh, it's a bit artist circle jerky. I think it's, yeah, he places he places himself uh pretty high. He's, he's a he's a you know he's a selfish man who, or a selfless man who's like, uh, you know, going out and. Trying to save people, it's like. Dude, right, you what don't about think, this? You don't think this? art is what the? If, yeah. What if the writer, the person who you're saying says this, is actually said to be a bad person? Oh. What do you mean? He, I don't think he is. The like writer. the stalker is stalker. If anything, is a bad he's person. The, if anything, he's yeah. the stalker, and I'm down with like. The no, that's what I mean. That's what I cringe. No, that's what I mean. Is like the stalker is like like he perceives himself as like the selfless like hero who's like going out like trying to like save people who don't understand and don't get it but he gets it he he gets it yeah, but, but other people he- they don't get it it's yeah, like but I'm, I'm hesitant i'm hesitant to think that yeah the uh, viewers know, not supposed to question yeah but like what we're supposed to love the stalker no. i think you're assuming right. we're supposed to love the stalker no like, i'm the stalker's got a lot of problems yeah Brody BTFO'd. I don't. I'm not BTFO'd. <laughs> I'm just not making myself. Wait, do you agree with that though? That we're, we're not supposed to necessarily just like the stalker, and so if it is a reflection of the 
director, if it's the greatest reflection of the director, the the closest to a self insert, mm-hmm. then he's been real like he has not been very charitable to himself. Uh yes, self critique. Yeah. And so in that sense I think it's redeemed. It's not like jerk offy in that sense. I mean, I think nonetheless the Take it back. I think nonetheless, if like even like partially because like I'm thinking of like the last scene where he's like crying on the bed and he's like, you know, these 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 scientists, these writers, you know, they don't they don't get it. They don't. It's like. And then when he's crying with these all the books, because like, you know, he gets he gets called an idiot at first, but he's actually a big brain man who reads books and is trying to uh, lead people to the transcendent who don't get it. It's like that's what I mean. Even even flaws, even any of these things, it's like. That that's strokey enough for me to for it to be a little off putting to me. No faith, dude. No <laughs> faith, dude. He's yeah, just I'm, he's... I'm open I'm open to the ending thing being a little sort of cringe and pretentious, but I'm I'm also more likely to think that I'm meant to feel that way and not like yeah. oh so true, so true. You know, Andre, I I wanna help you. Uh, and also, I mean, he separates himself from the stalker with the final shot. Just as a noteworthy comment, like by having the girl move the glasses, he is totally opposed to the nature, like the stalker's job. Okay. But I'm with it. I'm with it a bit. Most of my qualms will probably be technical because I'm way better at making films than any of these <laughs> right why didn't they first of all why didn't they use the uh the Ari alexa and like, why didn't why did <laughs> why they fuck up the film the first time yeah they totally really blow it. stupid shoot digital idiots yeah yeah this really should have just been like a dogma 95 film i think it really would have served their purposes better yeah if lars had directed this one it would have gone better yeah all right, I'm starting to feel this losing steam. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I've got a, I've got a fun addition since we've got time to the ending thoughts. Okay. Before ending thoughts, what was your favorite part? <laughs> My uh... favorite part was uh. Mm... Oh man. My favorite part was when he's rolling around in the grass when they first arrive at the zone. It just feels so textured. Uh, my favorite part was when the scientist was like trying to plant the bomb, and they're like wrestling over it. And he looked he looked such like a like a child. It was um, I don't know. It was. And like that, you know, that climax of the moment, like right before the threshold, and that sort of all transpiring. I thought was really good. Wait, wait, wait. I want to say something. If the uh, um, stalker, if he's so uh, like, oh man, you don't even understand the problem with like the gun. Like you're not going to do anything to the gun. Mm-hmm. And then he freaks out over the bomb as if the bomb is any different than the gun besides, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's still, it's still some kind of idea that... Um, the stalker is still resigned to some kind of like physicality or whatever. No, I mean, of like the zone, 
of like his faith that the that the the bomb actually can destroy something. Oh. Yeah, I think I think we were in I think you were in the bathroom when we talked about it earlier. But yeah, like it show it, it's like a point towards the stalker it's just all make believe, right? Like he talks about the gun as if the zone is going to kill them. But nothing bad like they're able to take the bomb there. And it seems like just because the stalker doesn't know about no, it. No, no, no. You know, no, not that. Oh, the fact, he thinks the bomb can destroy the zone. He thinks the bomb or can the destroy room. the zone, and and he kind of implies that the gun can't do anything. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, there's no use. What are you gonna shoot, huh? Like, well, I mean, it's twenty kilotons, John. Oh, okay. So when the <laughs> weapon is big enough, it can destroy yeah. the immaterial. It's about the size. Yeah, yeah. No, that actually is a really good point. Yeah, I mean that 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 might be. I don't know if that's uh. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe that's a show of, like, the stalker's not, like, his, uh, either, either a failure of faith or some kind of misconception about, like, what it is. The, I mean, if we're going to sign on to this, like, fishbowl thing, you know, like, the mm-hmm. zone is no different than the, the world around it or whatever, uh, that, he like, realize. he's, yeah, he doesn't realize. So, I, I, I don't know, either that makes him more a fool or is some kind of show of, like, uh, um I don't know. Yeah, no, probably yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That is a really good point. Like he doesn't seem to realize the grandest nature of the zone or something. That the zone is in all of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Was that your favorite part? No. Uh, why'd you answer? Part? Oh no! I was yeah, re- I was re- I was replying to to Brody because there's a new thought that I had that I felt I mean I would have brought it up earlier if I had had it earlier. Um, favorite part? Bad. Oh, I don't know, man. I I liked all of it actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I particularly like the the opening quite a lot. Uh, right before he leaves, it's just it's so. I don't know. Every everything about it is like really intense and like had me just like from the very start. And uh, I don't know the kind of drama of it of like his wife and stuff. And then you see the child, and then the door like partially closes on the child as he walks past it, and then like opens up again. And she's like has woken up at this point. And he's like staring out. Uh, I think that that may have been may have been my favorite part but that being said i don't know i'd have to watch it again because there's so many so many sequences and stuff that i'm probably um neglecting that you said i, I like this was your watch. first time first time watching it yeah yeah first time watching it same uh favorite part well 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 well, well, well. Part when the dog dies. What's your favorite part? What is the room of Stalker? Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I think I was enjoying myself the most during uh, the tension where he approaches the room, turns around, and then they continue when they first start tossing those things, those little. Hmm. You know the little yeah. slings. Yeah, I found I found myself like both. That was both like a combination of tension. It was really pretty, uh, 
and like it it really was like a moment of like obvious it, it you know the dialogue is great but the dialogue serves usually uh you know essentially like philosophical investigation or like inquiry into like the nature of things as yeah. opposed to exposition but this one this moment felt much more expositional and i liked that um i thought it was cool to see like oh my god there's something there is something about the room of course it's never answered that it actually is the room that makes him turn around but we finally get some sort of like uh i don't know we get some oomph about it all yeah, yeah. jolly um I, I like the the trolley car scene but the one that really stands out is when the stalker is uh, lying down and the dog comes and kind of sits, places himself kind of perfectly with, I don't know, whatever whatever the dog represents or symbolizes, I think that shot kind of shows um, like what the stalker takes with him back because the dog follows them. So I think that part, yeah. Brody. Or no, you already went. You already went. Tony. Hey. I love it all. <laughs> <laughs> big T. Hey, Big T. Um, no, um, I don't know. It's not really like one part I really liked a lot. There's nothing I didn't like. I enjoyed most of it, but I really enjoyed that middle when they're um when it was really like scary, dude. I was like really in it. And I was like terrified, dude. Uh I don't know, man. Those traps, man. I was waiting to see somebody die. See some uh, evil grander. evil content that Ellsmore doesn't like type stuff, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, see some uh, evil happen. Some bad. I was getting all spooked out. Started believing more. True man of faith. Yeah. I started <laughs> praying with him. <laughs> it's like an interactive activity. Yeah, like I started <laughs> saying exactly what he was saying something, as he said it. Yeah, I would rewind it. Russian. Yeah, some some wrong with praying. <laughs> no, man, that's wrong with praying. Uh, but yeah, it's cool. So, uh, thanks for inviting me, guys. Oh, not so fast. Oh, so <laughs> now we're we're coming to the end. So we do uh final thoughts, and you give it you give it final final thoughts. And then you score it out of five. And feel free to go to the hundredths place on the decimal. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll start. Now, Stephen told me that I had this marked as a 4.3 prior to this conversation. And uh, I love this movie. So I'm giving it the score of a 4.2. Wow, little, little you, love it so, you love little it so much. No, it's not just a little. Worse. You date of edition four point three, overall four point five. Oh yeah, it's moving from four point five to four point three. Oh my god! Like I've what watched a you? lot of good. Been watching a lot of good movies lately. This one, ain't, this one ain't cutting it anymore. This, this one, well, this listen, one's shit it, by look, comparison, it passes the four. Shit now. It's a must watch. Not only is it a must watch, but it's a four point three must watch. Movie. So that is a that is a hefty score, but you. But 4.5, I think, is the life-changing threshold, and I don't know if it if it if it goes quite that far. Reminder: okay. sacrifice gets a five. Okay. Right. So. Okay. Um, I'll probably uh, 
do I do my score before my final thought or do I do that? No, I'll give you your final thought. You know, you got to really tee it up, you know, so it has the big impact. Oh, now but I'm But to be nervous. fair, I kind of forgot to do that. But uh... Did someone say T? Big T. Uh, um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I really like this movie. I, um, yeah, I, I mean, I was really, I was just super engaged the entire time. Uh, I really liked having these long stretches of like sequences where uh, I felt very much as though like I had no idea what was literally going on in a lot of ways, but felt uh, no less uh, like emotionally impacted by like the imagery and atmosphere and whatnot. Um, yeah, great movie. I'll watch it again. Definitely a must watch. And I'm giving it a 4.4. Ooh, big scores. Sheesh. Yeesh, as the kids say these days. Yeesh. (laughs) They go like that. Yeah. Yeesh. Yeesh. All right, Steve, it's you. All right, before this podcast, Troy predicted what my score would be. Troy, can can you tell everyone what your prediction is? Right no, now. I already told John. John is my witness, oh, so yeah. you tell it, and then he confirms. To be fair, I didn't tell him a precise number. What? Okay. I gave him a range. It's... I gave him a range. Oh, my. Well, it depends on how big this range is. Maybe okay. your guess John, is well, John, really look, keen and good, or it's cringe this, and look, mega dumb. John is a man of integrity, and he will tell you exactly what I said to him, because it's a very short phrase. Uh, should I give my number first? I think you should give your. Uh, you should tee up your score and then give it. Look, this movie was good uh <laughs> let's see never did it make me just uh there there were very few moments of where i was smiling you know and you know i don't just mean smiling in the sense of happiness i mean smiling in the sense of affectedness um i'm just going to give the number gosh it is so tense in here do you feel it, viewers? I got a hundred bucks. Do you on feel this tension right now? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I got two hundred bucks. I'm on, on the this. edge of my seat. I'm sweating. Look, and you don't know. Maybe I'll be a charlatan and completely blow you out of the water. Give it a give it a five point out. No, I'm not giving it that score though. This score. <laughs> this is so long. Three point Okay, so it's shit. No, it's not shit. It's good. John, what did I say? Uh, as you're teasing out how I know what you said, I totally forgot what your prediction was. Okay, I'm a man of integrity, and <laughs> I, I said, you, yeah. quote unquote, he's going to give it a very bad score. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't it, think three point is very bad. That That's said a number after that. So no, no. Yeah, I was thinking. I was guessing in my mind like ones or twos. Oh no, no. But, it's but not. three, three is a pretty three. I mean, three puts it among the average. Of good movies, yeah. Of good movies. It's right. an average, very good movie. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. Uh, who's next? Uh, Jolly. Um, not to outdo you all, but this movie <laughs> is fantastic. Oh, my God. Tarkovsky can make a good film. Oh, what does that Two mean? Two thumbs up. <laughs> 4.7. Oh, what a score! What a score! This film is dividing audiences. Dude, he just—he just won. He just—that's awesome. 
Um, it's all wins. There's two more. There's two more left. Oh god. Oh, I there see. is. Uh, I. Uh, I like the movie a lot. I'm a sucker for like religious kind of, you know, movies. Yeah. Um. Although this one didn't like <laughs> super blow me away, like you know how I, like all they do oftentimes. Um, but I do give it a still pretty high score. I'm gonna have it miss the must watch mark. Oh! So I'm gonna have to give it a three point nine. Okay. 3.5. Okay. Oh, okay. Three point eight five. I had to close my eyes saying that. Because people are being silly on face count. Yeah, for the viewers at home. For the viewers at home. Video call. Yeah. For the viewers in their daily commute. For the viewers <laughs> listening listening <laughs> on their daily commute off their PSP. Right. Uh, we, iPod uh, shuffle. We're in a voice call. We're in a, we're in a video chat now. Uh, Tony. Hey, what up? Hey, I think every everyone wants to know big your team. score, T. Hey, yeah, hey, this hey. is the this is the score. This, this is our special one. guest star, T. Look, dude, I hope uh, I get to watch uh, Stalker Two pretty soon. <laughs> I want to play the video game now. <laughs> um, I give it like a four, I guess. Wow! Even though I watched it at one point five times speed, four eighty p colorblind. <laughs> Wait, Bl- dude, imagine how could have been, how much it could have been if you watched Wait. it exactly. It like could have been, no, been worse. This wasn't. Was it this this, been this real? Yeah. Huh? Wait, is this mean Tony's giving it a six? One point five. Uh, we're doing out of ten, right? right? <laughs> yeah, I'm just making it. Oh, no. <laughs> four point four. Tony's <laughs> score is inflated, <laughs> not deflated. <laughs> Yes, Tony. Imagine how good this film is if you give it a four on a one. Yeah, the way Troy, the yeah, way Troy wants cool. to watch the movie, um, completely dark. Your nose has to be touching my, um, your monitor. Film teacher and uh, a couple years ago, he really liked uh, Tarkovsky. We don't talk about him all the time, but I don't know, dude. I'm a Kubrick simp. Word. All right, Tony, please join us again. I like that you qualify. You qualify your number by saying, yeah. "I don't know. I'm a cute. I'm a Kubrick simp." That's yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean by subverting yourself at the end of something to make everything oh. you said more redeemable. <laughs> Damn, dude, <laughs> you just killed Tony. Huh? He's dead now. What? What? No, he's like Tarkovsky. He's like a director. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's okay, nice. so Tony, what's up? We hope we hope you join us more in the future. It's always fun. yeah. Hey, yeah. We're hope- I wish I could watch it properly next time and uh, give some real thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll yeah. see what we can do. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't want to watch two movies for this again. Yeah, right. there was a mix-up on the movie choice. There was some miscommunication. It's pretty much just Brody's fault. But you know, we'll we'll try and uh, <laughs> avoid that in the future. Thanks, Broadster. (laughs) God forbid I try to keep communication. Yeah, no, that was actually everyone's fault but Brody. Yeah. Because Brody was like, wait, it's this movie, right? And no one responded. So then uh, some people thought it was that movie, and some people were like, oh, no one responded, so it's not that movie. I didn't think it was that movie. But you watched it, right? Yeah. Uh, Go get her. Yeah. Okay. Look, we can always watch another movie. Yeah, I think we can always watch. I think there's more movies to come. More great episodes. We've been alluding to these uh, these these non-film or 
not non-film, but these episodes that just cover a more esoteric topic and not necessarily a film. And uh, I think I have the sense everyone wants to do it, but no yeah, one you, actually the, suggests doing it. You only ever suggest doing it at the end of yeah, a podcast. In, After yeah, that, you time, don't yeah, talk yeah, about it. In the it podcast, at, we're all ever. like, "Yeah, let's do it," and then we never bring it up. So we, I'm hopefully, just, dude, I'm just waiting. All I do is just wait for the fucking signal. All right, we will right, hopefully records. we'll have the evil the evil discussion, as well as um hopefully some other ones, but it's coming. All right, uh, bye bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks yeah. for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs>